The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Bright Side Podcast. My guest this week is former beauty director at Elle and co-founder of the brand Starface, Julie Schott. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I wanted to have you on because I, well, A, I'm a huge fan of your fan of your brand. I love Starface. I think Thank it's you. just such a creative idea and I love the idea of acne positivity. But also, I just love your overall aesthetic, and I feel like you do a good job of, you just kind of have this cool, clean, but also really fresh and fun, and and it's like not predictable aesthetic to you. And um, That's really nice. Thank yeah. you. And you're so driven. I mean, I've read your entire bio, and you've accomplished so much in such a short period of time. I think that's also very inspiring. So I wanted to have you on here to talk a little bit about that, and then, of course, your brand. To begin... I'm thinking maybe we start off with your background. Like, you, how did you begin work with Elle? And like, give us the whole rundown. So I studied uh, creative writing in New York, in Brooklyn. Um, and d- during that time, I interned at a lot of different magazines um, because I was just like, this is what I want to do. This was this was like before Instagram, before social media and like print magazines were everything. I was obsessed with them. Yeah, I was. I think you and I are probably around the same age because I I had a very similar. I was actually just up in my guest bedroom at my parents' house and found this big old poster board where I had created a a magazine business plan for a magazine that was going to be called (laughs) Element, and it's got like the cover design and everything. Yes, (laughs) we're like that era of the the city when Whitney Port was on the city and all the girls were working for the magazines. Yep, dream job. Yeah, I had no other plan in mind. I was like, I'm going to work in a magazine. And, and there's like, you know, only a couple of those jobs for every like graduating class. Yeah. That's why I think it's so impressive that you, cause you interned at all of the major magazines, it seems, and then went on to work there. I got really lucky because this was before there was any sort of like controversy around paid internships. And I would just like lie and say I was getting school credit. Is there a dog? I've, I, you know, I'm the, I'm the fucking worst. I'm going, I had this whole idea. I was like, it's going to be so nice outside. Like, Sorry. I, I told him to be quiet. Now he's staying outside. I was like, I trouble. was thinking maybe it was my oh. dog for a second. No, I was my like, dog. He, he's like standing in front of his ball. Like has no respect for my work. That's okay. okay. The best part about this is that everyone's in the same boat in during this quarantine situation. So we all have all of these little complications. Okay. It's chaotic. Here we go. What kind of dog yeah. do you have? He's a mini Australian shepherd. Cute. Yeah. What's yours? Well, so I've got a kind of a whole like collection going on because I've got the dog that I got in college here at my parents' house. So he's downstairs. But then back in LA, I have three dogs with my ex. We had two Rottweilers and a pug beagle. And I just got rid of a foster dog. He got adopted. And I'm getting another foster, I think, like literally tomorrow when I get back. So, and that one's a little kind of pug Pekingese mix looking thing. So Cute. I know it's pretty fun. Actually. <laughs> the fostering's fun because you get to mix it up, you know, you never really know what you're going to yeah. get. Um, okay. So let's, why don't you, do you want to just kind of, just because I'll the dog over. was, yeah. 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 
So I was living in, in New York and I was studying creative writing at Pratt and I just knew that I wanted to try to get a job at a magazine and there's so few of them. So I stayed interning as much as I could. So I'd be like going to school, working retail and interning and just did that for four years in hopes of getting the most entry-level assistant job out of school, which I did not get. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. No, I didn't. So, which I was devastated. And then in this like copywriting position at a PR company, like sitting in a cubicle, literally like death, um, (laughs) writing, writing. Just not what you had envisioned. No, like writing press releases that like I knew were going in the trash. Mm -hmm. This is like when they would be printed out and like put in an envelope or a bag or whatever. Anyway, you know, I was working this job. I was grateful to have a job, but I was like, oh shit, like this is so not what I anticipated. And especially um, because you took all the right steps through college, you know? Exactly. But that just goes to show like how difficult these jobs are to get. And no. And so um, one of the editors who I'd interned for at Lucky Magazine, Kat Marnell, came into the office I was working in one day and she and I had like stayed close friends or um, she was kind of a mentor to me. uh, And she was like, come be my assistant at Exo Jane. And Exo Jane was like this new website from Jane Pratt, very like live journal style. She was like, just come be my assistant. I literally quit my job and did that. And I did not know what was going to happen, but I did it and it worked out. Then Exo Jane became like this whole thing on the internet. And it was like a crazy, crazy year. But And so what year was that? How long ago was that? That would have been like 2012. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's really cool though. I mean, I, I mean, I can't imagine what actually, like you said, it's just got to be so competitive to even be in the space with all of these people. Right. And, totally. And yeah. did you find that it was really motivational and like having, we talk a lot on this show about how the importance of surrounding yourself with people who you aspire to be like, and are better yes. than you in some ways, you know, like you always want to be the kind of least successful one at the table so that you're consistently motivated. So I feel like jobs like that would put you in that kind of environment. Totally. It was, I was lucky to have like mentor mentee kind of relationships with people I worked for, but I had no like connections. I didn't have an in beyond like the people who I'd interned for. So it was kind of a waiting game. Yeah. Self-made woman. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, seriously though. And so then what led you to create Starface? So I finally like got hired at what I thought was like the job that I wanted, which was like a beauty assistant at L, like the print magazine, which turned out to be like so serious and and so like exactly how magazines are depicted. <laughs> and I think I just, oh my God, yes, like silence in the like newsroom area or like silence in any editorial meeting, like scary. Like I was like wearing heels to work. I mean, how true to that movie is it? <laughs> I think I think like back then I'm, it was not that way like when I left my job uh, back in 2018 but when I started as an assistant I was scared shitless all the time it was just a different world and but I'm really happy that I did it and I, I think I just didn't fit in and like a lot of people feel this way but like I just was not that buttoned up wear a look keep it together person and I think I was trying to be that person and that's why like writing online or working independently or even the startup world was like kind of a better fit. I think it was really forcing like being this 
perfect magazine person. I mean, I think that we all do that when we're in our early 20s too, because you're really just trying to figure out what direction to go in and something that you may have envisioned and may have even thought was truly everything you ever dreamed of. When you actually get there, it can be a very different story. Totally. Yeah. I was like, I forced this. Like I wanted this so badly <laughs> and this is like not who I am. Worked like, your entire life to get there. And yeah, then, yeah. So you decided to pivot at that point. Well, I spent like six years there. Like I did two or three years in print, which was like much more sort of serious and structured. And then I moved over to L.com and like all the Hearst digital sites kind of work together. And it, it is a more startup vibe and like you can wear sweatpants and like, it was just like a lot more comfortable and like a family style work environment. Sounds and more like, was, honestly, it sounds like the difference between LA and New York a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, because sure. in LA, it's just so much more casual. Exactly. It's like slower. Well, actually online's faster, but like just more casual. Exactly. And that, and that was awesome. But I think still like, it, it just felt like time to kind of try this new thing. And the idea for Starface, like just sort of came out of spending like 10 years in beauty and feeling like kind of suffocated by it and by the expectations and just by the obsession with like, whether it be perfect skin or maintaining like youth or whatever the case, it just, it's, it's like exhausting to kind of live and breathe it every day. And I think I didn't even realize it. Yeah. I mean, I, from, my only experience that I can really relate to that, I mean, of course, I'm sure there's been a million over the years, but the one where I felt it the most has been watching myself on TV. I can't even do it. And I'm, I feel like I'm pretty confident normally mm-hmm. under other circumstances, but when I see myself on camera, I immediately start to pick apart so much. And I think, you know, this is just not healthy for my my mind at all, you know, like just, you notice all the little, so I'm sure if you're, if you're breathing that in and like day in and day out, you're just completely surrounded by beauty, you know, I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Even things that were really amazing and cool when I was younger, like going backstage and like reporting on beauty looks. And I was like lucky to do it, but being like, I was like 29. You're talking backstage backstage at fashion week. Yeah. And still like running around asking 18 year olds for like their skincare tips. It's like, dude, they're 18. Of course they have great skin. Yeah. Like what I was just like, I'm not going to like go into my thirties still doing this. It's like, and because they they don't, right. They don't do anything. They're like, I don't know, actually my skin is just like this. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, I just wash my face with water. Like, okay, like go away, old lady. Like, you know what? I, just... I used to say that actually too, because from when I was, you know, 14, I was on birth control at my entire life and I just thought I had perfect skin. But yeah. and I literally would wash my face with water and scrub it with a washcloth and that was it. And I thought that that was like all the skincare that you needed. And then one day when I decided that I was, you know, it was time to get off birth control after years, because it's just so much for your body. My skin was a disaster and I was completely lost as to how to take care of it in any way, because I had never even had that experience before. I'm like, oh, so there is more to it than just water and a washcloth. (laughs) (laughs) I had the same thing happen. I, I didn't have acne until I was in my 20s. And like having acne at work and trying to look older and look professional is so embarrassing. And being in an industry where you're supposed to know the answer. Right. You of all people are supposed to have all the answers. 
right? Right. It would be really hard. And you said, I read in your bio that you ultimately decided that your skin was just sort of like, there wasn't really one good fix for it. It just sort of was the way that it was. And then how are you going to move forward with that understanding? I think it's like so many things can happen. Like you said, getting off birth control, or it could be getting pregnant and then getting unpregnant. Like there are all kinds of things, especially for women that, that change your skin. And dietary. Um, it's such dietary. a, it's such a guessing game trying to figure out what it is that's causing. I mean, I had, I went off birth control and had that happen where I got cystic acne for probably two years mm-hmm. and then it finally started to go away. And then honestly this past year, so I probably had three years where my skin was pretty clear. And then all of a sudden this past year, it's kind of started happening again. And again, I'm just like, well, I guess I'll try to cut back on sugar or I'll try to cut out dairy. But you don't, I mean, who really knows? Who knows? Yeah. Do you want to explain what Starface is just for our listeners? Because they might not quite know. Yeah. Starface is an acne treatment system, but it's also like just about optimism and kind of like changing our perceptions about skin and how we take care of ourselves. I think just the, the ultimate goal is always like to make people feel better and laugh and, and like take it less seriously. I think especially on Instagram, it's really overwhelming all the things that a were being like sold or told that need to be improved. There's so many faces that you're just seeing constantly in your feed. So we just wanted to do something, just do it differently. And so you created these, they're star shaped Patches, either hydrochloric, can you, you know, I don't want to be the one. <laughs> You'll explain so, it better than I will. <laughs> so the the reason why we started with hydrochloric pimple patches is because I think that they're really the perfect gateway to thinking this way, not to sound like a cult, but they're, they're <laughs> it's a like, good cult. <laughs> yeah. If you just start with the pimple, which is like the like tip of the acne iceberg is your pimple. I don't know when I like, I'm always breaking out, whatever. But just seeing a star instead of like maybe something I've picked or like an angry scab or whatever just makes me feel better. I would just rather look at it. It's like putting a like a happy filter on when you're like on Instagram story. And it just, it's fun instead of a punishment. Like I see so many acne treatment products that just like sound sad. Right. Or you put them on and it looks like you've got like toothpaste stuck to your face or, you know, yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not sexy. No, it's not cute. It's not fun. So that, so that was, you know, okay, let's just like change the way we think about pimples and like not make them this thing that we have to be sad about or obsessed with. Because I think especially for young people, it can be so upsetting when you're a teenager and everything matters and you're not able to be like, oh, it's, you know, it's just a breakout. Like it'll go away, but it's like the worst thing in your life. Like that's very real. Yeah. I mean, I think that even past being a teenager, because I know, I mean, when I have an event, if I have a big event coming up or something I've been looking forward to for a long time, I'll like practically pray that I don't get a pimple before, you for know, sure. and from my own experience with Starface, putting them on, I actually do feel, it feels like a fun thing instead of, okay, I'm trying to deal with this pimple. It's like, oh, cute. I have an excuse to Let's put one of these little stars on, <laughs> you know, I'm so happy take some that's cute like exactly, pictures. Exactly the point. Because how often do you feel like taking pictures when like you've been messing with a breakout or like that's the opposite, but then wouldn't it be cool too? I mean, you could honestly wear those on a red carpet. Like you literally could yeah. wear those on a step and repeat and just be like, yeah, yeah. You know, I had a little breakout, so it's cute. It's yeah. like more of an I mean, accessory. I, it's funny. Cause like 
the glow stars, which we released during lockdown, like would be so fun at like a rave or like a nighttime setting. But like, we haven't gotten to see people using them that way. I think we will like once. Yeah, I think that's a really fun idea. Well, that, yeah. yeah, that's what I, yeah, what I really love about them. And so talk about the process of developing those. Like, how did you find a lab? How do you, because I think that's another thing people would probably be really interested to hear. It's just like what it takes to develop a product like that. When I went into it or when we went into it, we thought that finding a manufacturer was going to be really easy. Like I have so many friends who do this or who, who do this in different spaces. Like either they have other brands or I thought, oh, we'll just like make a few phone calls. Someone will know who does this. That was not how it went either. It was a combination of manufacturers not being able to do it or just flat out not understanding or being interested. Kind of being like, eh, I don't, I don't really see the concept. So we... Brian, my business partner, ultimately found our manufacturer who did get it and who we've been working with ever since. But it took a while. I'm just interested because I have one of my girlfriends created um, a product called Muff Mask, which I feel like they're, they kind of fit in a similar <laughs> space, actually. Yeah. Except hers is a, a mask for your vagina. and But just along the lines of a product that you didn't really know you needed. And then when you have it, you're like stoked. Yeah, you're like, this but is so her, fun. the process for her was like she had to go, she had to find someone, I think, in China to produce them. And then it was like a whole, you know, going back and forth. I mean, it took probably like a year before they were able oh, to yeah. get this. It definitely took a year. And I didn't even get into the packaging. The packaging is like a whole other side of the, a whole other I thing. I love your packaging too. Oh, it's thank you. Super cute. Yeah, it, we wanted it to be like something that you keep, which is hard because I think everyone has so much crap. It's hard to get people to hold on to something and refill something. But I do, I do feel like the overall. I love that the concept is to just bring a positive awareness to um, acne and breakouts because I think that it's really helpful when people see familiar faces who are struggling with something that they are as well. Like I remember when. I want to say it was Kendall Jenner did proactive. Is that right? Yeah. You know, and anytime you see a throwback photo, like I think Jessica Simpson might have done something similar too, where you see pictures of them with full on breakouts. Because so many of the publications and photos that you see on Instagram and online are edited and you don't, Mm -hmm. you know, it makes the expectations are just so unrealistic for what your skin is supposed to be. So I feel like, exactly. yeah, just having people who will speak about this. I remember one time I attended a makeup by Mario, a masterclass. And I have you? <laughs> yeah. he, I mean, he's obviously an incredibly talented makeup artist. Yeah. But somebody in the class asked him, what do you do if your client has a breakout and they need to cover it up? And his response was, I expect my clients to take good care of their skin and not have anything for me to cover up. That was the answer. Oh. And I mean, <laughs> and I, I don't know, like I act, that actually kind of affected me a little bit because I was sitting there and I definitely was thinking to myself, wow, my skin is by no means perfect. And is it supposed to be? Because if he, you know, if all of these people he's working with yeah. have such perfect skin, you know, I mean, you're just, you're really held to a, a an unrealistic standard, I guess. That's such a, such a good anecdote because it's exactly how people end up feeling like they're doing something wrong. Like they don't know how to take care yeah, of themselves. Yeah, and I don't think he meant anything by it. I think he probably does have clients who just have really beautiful skin. So maybe he doesn't typically have to address that. But, you know, he was speaking to a room full of, uh, you know, it was probably like 150 people. So kind I mean, of you look at like, 
like you said, Kendall Jenner or like someone as huge as Justin Bieber. And these people are open about, you know, dealing with their skin. Mm-hmm. It's not for lack of information or, or lack of effort that, that people are having you know, struggle issues. with acne. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to take you through a round of some of our rapid fire questions that we do each episode. There's kind of fun ones. What is the best compliment someone's ever given you? Oh no, I wasn't prepared for that one. (laughs) Well, you don't have to actually. I have it. Okay. Someone said I had calming energy, which is something like I've only ever heard once. So I was like, Ooh, that's amazing. Like, I hope, I hope that's true. That's something that you would hope to give off to other people. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. We have a playlist that we um, update each week. It's a Spotify playlist that all of our listeners can subscribe to. And so I ask each of our guests, what is a song that makes you feel uplifted that you would want added to that playlist? Okay. I have too many for this question, but um, my friend, Alice Longau, who's like this New York pop star girl, who's just like amazing on the internet. I like her song Ho Time. It's about like getting your ho time back. Um, We could all use a little of that right now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And she has another one called Rich Bitch Juice, Dumb Bitch Juice. You could you just look through her um, her Spotify and there's there's so much. Okay, I love that. Thank you. Can you tell us this isn't as much of a rapid fire one, but um, what's an experience you've had that was kind of a negative experience, but ultimately ended up being a positive one? When I first moved to LA, I really didn't plan what I was going to do when I left my job. I think I wanted to, I wanted to start this company and I just didn't, I didn't understand what this was going to take. And I had a whole year of just like failure after failure, including a failed relationship. And I ended up moving back to New York and living with one of my friends. And I was just like, you really fuck this up. My like first move to LA was just, I didn't do it right. And then after this breakup, I came back with like a different level of, I guess, focus and motivation. And I think turned it around. I mean, I think that it really takes those moments, especially I hate to say it, but I feel like breakups really push you that extra mile. Like when you're feeling heartbroken, I just think it drives you so much harder to accomplish things. And, you know, it's really inspiring. So as much as it sucks, <laughs> there seems it to be the turning like, points. It is. Like, I was just like in New York and the, yeah, the level of motivation was just different because I didn't have a place to live. I didn't, I really didn't have anything at that point. I was like, I'm truly starting over. Yeah. Well, good for you. From the outside looking in, you would have never known that you were going through all of that. But I mean, because I've been following you for a while on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that means anything, but you yeah. know, from the outside looking in, you've always seemed like you've really had it together. So I think that's the key thing too, is like, you just never really know, but like, you can't know what people are going through and what their struggle is until, you know, you actually have an opportunity like this to share it. So, it's true. well, that's a good yeah. one. What would you, if you could have any superhero power, what would it be? One is like, I'm really envious of people who have, I guess, photographic memories or I watched this thing about these twins these like identical twins who remember every single day of their lives what is that because someone else told me about that oh really I forget what it's called I want to because I want to watch it oh it's so good I'll find the name and send it to you but these two twins are like (laughs) they're they're insane like I love them they remember everything along those lines who is your favorite Instagram follow 
and or like someone who makes you laugh the most or just inspires you? I forget her name. Brittany something. She like does impressions. I've been um, watching this guy, Matt Bouchel. Have you seen his yet? No, I haven't seen him. He's, Wait, he's, I've seen him on Twitter, but not on... Okay, because um, he doesn't have a big following yet somehow. I don't know how because his every single video, like I wait every day in hopes that he's going <laughs> to post something. <laughs> I love like that genre. There's, an, there's another, there's a guy on TikTok who did one that was like recreating the bridesmaid speech at every girl's wedding. And it was very spot on. Oh um, no, I need to find him. I would die. Like I, yeah, I love that genre as well. I also like J- Jilly Hendrix. She's a good friend yes. of mine who um, she does like internet commentary. And I always send her like anything interneting that I want her to talk about. And she's like, okay, enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's really funny. I follow her also. Who's your top beauty guru? This might sound boring, but I still like look to magazines for that. Mm-hmm. Like I really like Cosmopolitan's beauty coverage. Mm. Just, but also Shireen Idris. Do you follow her? No. Dr. Idris. Ooh, okay. She's my dermatologist in New York and like a lot of people's dermatologists. And our Shireen, appointment got canceled. Can you spell it? Shireen that? Idris. So S-H-E-R-E-E-N-E-I-D-R-I-S-S or maybe one S. She is the best dermatologist. I've sent so many people to her for like their first Botox. Like she's, she is so good. Okay. And she, and every night she does like, she'll do like IG live or IG TV. And she's just like, shares so much information. Very knowledgeable. Yeah. Sometimes you just kind of come across, I actually just started going to an esthetician out in the Valley who uh, my hair colorist recommended. And she's like, no (laughs) one really knows about her, but she's amazing. And I swear she spent two hours doing a facial. Unlike any other facial I've ever had, she was like combining masks for different parts of my skin, depending on what was going on. I don't know. I just haven't had anybody take that much time to go that in depth. And it was like 150 bucks. <laughs> Amazing. I want to go see her. Oh my God. I can't wait till like that stuff is back. It'll be very nice. We're kind of struggling a little bit in the beauty department. I said to my mom today, I'm like, who decided that beauty wasn't an essential service. Cause I swear, right? I mean, I can understand like, you know, okay, you don't need a trim or maybe you don't need a mani-pedi, but like, my God, are I, my mental, my, I feel like for my mental health, it's definitely an essential. It is every day. I'm so close to cutting like a significant amount of my hair. And then I'm just like, don't do it. <laughs> don't but dog do groomers it. are open like yesterday. Yeah. How does I, that make like, sense? Giving, <laughs> I don't know, but they're fully open. Like I was, they've been open the entire for time. An appointment. Yeah. I know. My my foster dog, I took him a couple of times. I'm like, okay, well, it must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> he has like perfect hair. Like smells he, good. He does. If there was a trend, any trend that you could bring back from the past. Tre- well, sorry, it doesn't have to just be a trend. It could be a person. It could be, you know, anything from the past that you would bring back. What would you bring back and why? I think like maybe like the 80s, like swimsuit aesthetic, like the 80s playboy look. Yeah. Like kind of like sleazy boogie nights vibe. I feel like that yeah. does need to come back. Even just like Playboy in general. If, I mean, they were kind of bringing it back in a way, right? But yeah. I'm not sure. We, we were wondering because the other day Playboy was doing a live with a girl on it that was, a, I don't know how else to describe her, but it was just like not the, not their new aesthetic. <laughs> and we were like, maybe, maybe they're not coming around, like changing the whole thing back to the original. I don't know. Anyway, 
they've like gone through so many changes over the years. Like I grew up watching Girl Next. What was their show? Their reality show oh. with like girls, girls next door, or the, girl- or the girlfriends, girls next. I know. Door. I totally watched that too, and I can't think of the name yeah. of it. Was it just Girls Next Door? Maybe that's what it was. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I know. I loved that one. And actually, that's another person, Crystal Hefner, I think, is going to be coming on to the show, too. And she was sort of like the later generation of of the women who lived in that house. And I think that's that's like a whole that culture unto itself living in the Playboy Mansion is such an interesting thing to explore. And I think you're right. It really evolved over the years into sort of different like there were different generations there. Totally. Such an interesting thing going on over there. (laughs) (laughs) So each episode I like to ask, because one of the the purposes of this podcast is to try to give back in some sort of positive way or just kind of make the world a better place in some small way. And so I like to ask each of my guests if they have somebody in their life who is either going through something difficult right now or has just been a really helpful or uplifting person in your life who you would like for all of us to kind of just keep in our thoughts or send positive energy to right now? Oh, so many people right now. I know. (laughs) But yeah, now's a difficult um, time. I'll just send positive energy to my friend Marta because she's such an angel and she's like such a, she's so that friend to her friends that's like the nurturing one. So I'm going to send nurturing energy to her. Great. Well, we'll do the same. And and Marta, um, I've been getting to know a little bit lately through Instagram. We've become oh. little Instagram friends. She's really cute. She is. I love her whole she's just like, vibe. She's just like the sweetest person. Yeah, she seems that way. Okay, well, that's nice. So we'll all send her positive energy. Where can our listeners find you? I'm at my Instagram, Julie underscore shot. And that's S-C-H-O-T-T. S-C-H-O-T-T. And I have the underscore because uh, Macklemore's mom is also named Julie Schott. No, <laughs> well, that's a little, <laughs> an interesting little claim to fame. <laughs> she got there first. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> hey, when uh, that happens, come on, Macklemore's yeah. mom. <laughs> Does she have a big following? <laughs> no, it's just pictures of her son. Like, it's like family time pictures. <laughs> I've even reached out to her. I've been like, Ooh, do you think like you'd be willing to sell the name? Like, which I don't need for any reason, but like I did ask. Who has just Julie? I've looked, I've looked. Yeah, because there it. was a, there is a period of time where Instagram went in and rounded up all the, the first names, I think, because my name was never available. And then I just happened to out of the blue search it, I think right in the perfect window uh-huh. and snagged it. But you that had to so go lucky. to Instagram and ask. And they were like, yep, yep. Okay. We've been, you know, we've had it on reserve, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> But well, at least your your Caitlin is like a unique spelling. So yeah, Julie's a little trickier, I guess. Well, yeah. thank you so much for doing this with me today. I really appreciate it. It was good getting to know more about Starface and getting to talk with you a little bit. And I hope we'll be able to spend more time talking regularly outside of podcast world. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> <laughs>